I'm Bailey Guy, America's Ideal Miss Tennessee 2023, and this is my interview with The Pageant Project. Hello everyone, it's Adrian from The Pageant Project with you and my special guest for today is Bailey Guy, who is America's Ideal Miss Tennessee 2023. Bailey, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, it's always exciting to meet a fellow author, which we will get to soon. Um, but why don't you, because obviously you can tell from my accent, I'm not from your, around where you are. So tell us where you're coming from. Where are you at the moment? I am from Nashville, Tennessee, which is in the south part of the United States. You're literally so you're in you're from Nashville. So okay. Yes. <laughs> I I don't know if you saw my story, but I've recently got a thing for country music and I want to learn to play the fiddle. I play classical <laughs> violin since I was two, but I want to learn to play the fiddle and I want to specifically play The Devil Went Down to Georgia. That's so, a great song. <laughs> coming from where you are. Are you a country music fan? I feel like even if you weren't, you'd have to say that you were. But country music, yes or no? I love country music. I was actually listening to my whole, I call it country, country, yeehaw. That's my, that's my country music playlist name. And I was actually listening to it while getting ready for, uh, for the interview today. <laughs> but what, in, in your opinion, what are the best, if someone doesn't like country music or someone wants to get into it, what are your favorite country music tunes? Oh, goodness. I really like Jordan Davis. He's a really good one. Um, let's see. <laughs> I like I like a lot of like country. I started listening to it probably around 2017 or 18. So I'd say anything from the past five years, I'm pretty good at. I pretty I know those pretty well. Uh, Jordan Davis, Parker McCollum. Those are two of my favorites right now, for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, do you know Trace Adkin? Yes, yes. I, yeah. I'm so, I'm honestly, I'm not, I'm bad with names, <laughs> but I do like those a lot. I tried to, funny story, I had never been to a concert before, and then earlier this year, I was going to go to a Parker McCollum concert in Nashville, because there's a lot of country music concerts that happen here, and we went, and it was going to be outside, and it started raining, and so I still have never been to a concert before, but I really, I tried. I tried that time, but it ended up getting postponed. And <laughs> yeah, so I've never been to a concert before, but I, I would love to go. I'll, it'll definitely be a country music concert when I, when the rain cooperates with me. <laughs> I can't believe you've never been to a concert. I mean, most people your age, every, every second Instagram post I see from them is they're at some festivals. Yeah. So I figured yeah. that you would have <laughs> made it. Do you, do you play any instrument yourself? Do you oh, sing? Oh, goodness, no. <laughs> I am the most untalented person ever. <laughs> I can't I, sing. I can't dance. I can't play any instruments. I, I was in the school band in sixth grade, and I played the clarinet, but that's the closest I've ever gotten. And it, I was probably the worst clarinet player in the band. <laughs> I, gotta, I mean, I've played in an orchestra in school. Clarinet's not an easy instrument to play. Yeah. It's one of it the was, hardest was, ones. It was... So you just played the clarinet, decided that's it, can't do it, and you've never played an instrument since? Not some drums, yeah. guitar, anything? I, I also, I tried to play the ukulele at one point. I got a ukulele for Christmas a few years ago. 
that didn't work out. That, that worked out the same as the clarinet did. Not too well. <laughs> okay. So then in any talent sections, you won't be singing or dancing or playing any instrument then, I take it. No. I, and actually, I used to compete in talent a few years back. And I, because <laughs> um, within the Miss America organization, there's Outstanding Teen, which is the teen division. And so that does mm -hmm. have talent. And so I was competing in that organization for a few years. And because I have such a lack of talent, I decided to be a ventriloquist. So I, um, so I had a puppet, her name was Priscilla. She was a poodle. And that's kind of just like my party trick now, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I think you're being unkind to yourself when you say you're not talented. You may not be musically talented, but I certainly can't do any ventriloquism. So how did the ventriloquism go? So we sang the 50 states in alphabetical order. <laughs> and so, yeah, and she was a poodle. Her personality was modeled after Dolly Parton. So, oh, okay. you know, yeah. Tennessee. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we just sang the 50 states in alphabetical order. And it was had a little comedy thing where she was singing real loud at the end. And I'd put a little bone in her mouth to, like, end it off. <laughs> uh, hang on. I You have to forgive my ignorance. But is... 50 states of america is that a song or did you literally list out the 50 states of america in alphabetical order we literally listed out the 50 states in alphabetical order <laughs> and you still do that now i can <laughs> do you can you quickly go yeah. through because yeah all right. do you want me to do you want me to just do you want me to do it or do you want me to do it like full-on like puppet mode if you're willing to do it full on puppet mode, I would love oh to see that. Okay, just just a warning. I have not performed this since 2018. Haven't practiced it since then either. So this is not very good, but okay, I can do it. Okay, I remember. Alabama and Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, and Connecticut, New York, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, then Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa. So there's where to go. Kansas City, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, Raleigh, Massachusetts, and good old Michigan, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, and Montana. Then Nebraska, 27, North, 28, Nevada, next to Hampshire, New Jersey, and way down to Mexico, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Oregon, Pennsylvania, now there's eight, Rhode Island, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, and there's Utah, from one who was through Virginia, then there's Washington, West Virginia, too, could Wisconsin be the last? or is it 49 no yoing is the last day in the 50 states arrive <laughs> and then i would put a button in my mouth. <laughs> well done that's i think that's the funniest thing i've seen in a very rusty now it's been a while <laughs> no that that was really good I, I did did you come up like did you write that sort of the jingle yourself oh, no. it was it's a okay. a lot of people learn it in elementary school i learned it just for the talent performance i don't know why I didn't learn in elementary school, but um, it's a, yeah, they, they teach it to you in elementary school to learn the 50 states, but the song that we learned wow. in, the, in, the, in elementary school is called the 50 Nifty, and it was like, 50 Nifty, United States from 13 original colonies. <laughs> I feel that song would be much shorter here in Australia, because we only have like seven, I think seven or eight states, so <laughs> our song would be much shorter. Does that ventriloquism you're the second ventriloquist I've actually talked to. <laughs> Funnily enough, you're not the first. Um, but does that does that skill come in? Like, have you ever used that for a prank or something? Are you good enough to like prank someone mm. with it? I'm probably not good enough to prank someone with it. But it is. It's just kind of a funny fun fact that comes up. And I did it during my when I was in high school, my freshman year of high school, which is ninth grade. I um, did it in the talent show, and I was the only freshman in the talent show that year. 
And I honestly just like, it, it was pretty brutal after that. <laughs> like people made fun of me so much for like the coming three years, but it got my name out there and all the teachers on the first day of school, um, like they'd be doing attendance. They say Bailey guy here. And they'd be like, you're the puppet girl, aren't you? And I'd be like, the puppet girl. <laughs> I am. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> that's not such a that's not such a bad thing to be remembered for. <laughs> I interviewed uh, Miss Grand Australia, and she was remembered because for um, a long period of time, all she would eat is canned or tinned tuna and peas every day. <laughs> she would bring tinned tuna and peas, and she was working at a swimming pool store. Check the chlorine. Um, and one of her friend's mothers came in and said, you're the tuner and pea girl. <laughs> so I feel that being remembered as a puppet girl is probably better than being remembered as a tuner and pea girl. But I mean, last question on the ventriloquism before we get to pageantry. Um, did you always have that talent? Did you work on it? And if you worked on it, how do you practice it? Because I have no idea. Like if, if someone said, Adrian, you're going to have to do a ventri ventriloquism act in a week. And if you don't do it well, that's it for you. you, you you're going to be shot or something like that. Where would I start? How do you practice that? Yeah, so I it took a while to convince my parents to even let me try that out. Um, because I saw it for the first time. I was probably around 12, 11 or 12 when I saw it. Um, a girl at Miss America performed it as her talent. And I okay. was like enamored by it. I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And coming from someone who has no talent, I was like, oh, that's my talent now. And so I was like, I can, I can learn this, I can do this. So I, when I was like 11 years old, I messaged her on Facebook. <laughs> I asked her um, who her ventriloquist coach was or how she got started. And so she put me in contact with her coach because there are ventriloquist coaches. Um, which I didn't know. And uh, I found a puppet online and um, yeah, named her Priscilla, got started and and that's how I did it. And I pretty much usually would practice with my hand how I just did. Um, but yeah, it was, I did it for quite a few years. I believe I did it for about three years, but it took me about wow. a year of practice before I ever even performed it. And even then it was, it was not good that first time. But, um, yeah, but that was, that's my little fun fact. <laughs> Well, I definitely consider that a talent. It's not one that I've <laughs> seen you. very often. Um, but <laughs> so we get distracted with ventriloquism and the whole fifty states in alphabetical order. That's that's a thing. All right, let let's start. Let's start with it's the so easy American. Question. The fifty states. <laughs> well, uh, well, learning them in alphabetical order as well. That that's something else. I'm not sure if that would come in handy anywhere. Yeah, as I said, you guys have 50 states, we have seven or eight. I don't even remember. So, <laughs> But um, we'll start with the easy question um, with pageantry. How did you get into pageantry to begin with? So I started when I was five years old in our county fair. And I actually, this is another funny story. <laughs> so I ended up, um, well, I won't spoil the ending. But um, so it's my first pageant. It's the county fair. Again, another outdoor event. I have a theme with these. And um, and so it was during like the intermission part. So all the girls had already performed, but the results hadn't been announced yet. And this thunderstorm comes rolling through and we're all outside. And I mean, the sky just falls and it's raining and it's storming and lightning ended up striking the stage and the entire thing collapsed. 
and all the little girls, because I was five at the time, we're all like under this little tent, and we're all just like, oh my gosh. And I just remember all the dads like jumping out of the audience, coming over to like rebuild the stage. They got in pageant dad mode. And a lot of the girls ended up going home because mascara was running everywhere. It was, <laughs> you know, people were crying. It was a whole thing. And I remember my mom came over to me, and then my neighbor who was with us, and she was like, Bailey, like, do you want to go home? It's storming. And I was like, are you kidding? That was awesome. Did you see that? That was so cool. And so I ended up staying and I got first runner up in the pageant, but I'm pretty sure it's only because half the girls went home. And so they got taken out. But um, <laughs> I personally love rain and storms. So I didn't, I didn't mind it one bit. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> well, well, rain is one thing, but the, <laughs> the, the stage getting struck by lightning, you yeah. don't take that as like maybe a sign from God that today is not your day <laughs> or you just went, yeah, I love this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was started out with a boom. <laughs> literally um yeah. <laughs> i have interviewed actually miss earth usa marissa butler she famously mm -hmm. was actually struck by lightning through her window she loves similarly to yourself she like she loves thunderstorms like some people are terrified of thunderstorms she loves the sound of it um she's from maine originally she's in san diego now where apparently there's never any thunderstorms so she, it is like her college years i think she heard the thunderstorm she was on the phone wearing big metal hoop earrings she had a laptop near her and she had a window open because she loved listening to the sound of the storm and the lightning arced from outside through the phone or something and, and hit her and she passed out um oh so my gosh again not the first but the second one who seems to love lightning but it can <laughs> end badly so after that um beginning with a boom um, as you said what happened after that did you take a break or have you been competing in pageantry since then yeah so after that my mom did not think that i would continue with pageants she really only put me she did pageants when she was a teenager and mm. she really only did it to lead to a modeling career because then she ended up modeling um, and so she kind of just wanted to put me in a pageant just to get me out of my shell because I was the shyest child ever. And she was like, this kid has zero personality. We got to, we got to do something about that. And so <laughs> she put me in a pageant so that I could get used to being in front of people, talking to people, being on stage and just kind of, you know, get me out of my shell and yeah. not thinking that I would stick to it. And, uh, and then I just, I just clung to it. I just really, I don't know, maybe it was just seeing the lightning there. I don't know, but I really enjoyed it. And it took me seven years to win my first pageant. Uh, and I did about two or three a year after that first one. Um, so that was quite a few pageants that I lost, <laughs> but then when I finally, and, and I'm not even the first one that I won, it wasn't even, you know, it wasn't even like a state title national or nothing like that. It was uh, snow princess it was, it was miss snow princess it was my first title. Um, right. I won that when I was about 12. Um, and so, yeah, so that's how it really started. But, um, I remember when I was about nine, my mom, she was like, we need to find something that you're really passionate about and something that you're good at. And I was like, well, pageants are my passion. I really want to keep doing pageants. And she was like, well, something you're good at. <laughs> and oh. I was like, I'll get there. I'll get there. I promise. I was like, I know I'm not very good right now, but I'll get there. I'll do it. I can do this. And so I just stuck with it. I watched Miss USA and Miss America over and over and over again, like, like it was a movie. And um, eventually, I don't know, something just kind of clicked one day and 
and I, it all just started falling into place. So I'm really glad that for those seven years, I stuck with it and didn't, you know, quit and find something I was good at. <laughs> um, I'm, and now my mom is like, she's the most supportive pageant mom. Like she, yeah. she, she cries when I'm on stage. She loves it. <laughs> I have to ask, you said your first title was Snow Princess. Does yes. it snow in Tennessee? <laughs> we usually get one big snow a year. And um, it, it obviously it changes per you know region, um, but where I live in Nashville, we typically get one big snow a year, and it actually the day of the pageant was the snow that happened. So our one snow of the year actually we came out of the um, it was at a high school, and we came out of the out of the high school after the pageant was over, and I was like, y'all, it's snowing! Oh my gosh! <laughs> and that was the first snow of the year, and the only. So that was really cool that I was. Smith Snow Princess, and it, it snowed that night, so that was cool. <laughs> you don't, you don't sound like you do anything normally. Your first pageant, the stage was struck by lightning. <laughs> the first pageant you won, you had a snow dump, and it was Snow Princess. <laughs> um, and I, I was trolling through your Instagram feed. You, you're talking about your mom being supportive and the fact that you know she cries when she sees you on stage. <laughs> I've seen some of your winning reactions because you have won some probably big titles, obviously. <laughs> The, I think it was when you won, it was it Miss Teen Tennessee USA? Well, that, yeah, so I was Miss Tennessee Teen USA 2019 and then USA National Teen 2021. Those are my two, um, yeah. those were the two most influential years of my life, I would say. I saw your reaction when you were crowned Miss Teen Tennessee USA 2019. Mm -hmm. You look like you almost were about to pass out. I mean, do yeah. you were, do you still, I got to ask, because obviously pageantry in America is so much bigger than well Australia, but many other countries as well. What were your feelings when that happened? Because I was, if I'm correct, I think you, you, you turned around, you ran away or you, you, you ducked <laughs> down on stage. Like I can't, it was a properly like you look like you didn't know what to do with yourself can you still remember and i bet you can what your emotions were at that moment yeah um that was that was the wow that was such a good day um that was one of the best days of my life and actually the song that was playing during my counting was best day of my life which was kind of cool um but yeah i remember i so that my journey to winning this tennessee teen usa kind of goes how a lot of my pageant journey did I, that was my third try and I was 16. Um, so I was on the younger side. Um, and you know, when you're 16 in such a competitive state, your, your chances of winning aren't super high, you know, age is always yeah. an advantage. And so going into it, I knew that I was ready to win. And that if, if the judges were to choose me, that I could take it on and that I would do the best job possible and that I was ready and prepared for it. Um, but you never really think that it's going to be you. Um, but then I remember, um, sorry, I'm, wow, let's take me back. Uh, the two years before that, my first year competing at Miss Tennessee Teen USA, I did not even make top 15. So didn't even make top 15. And then my second year, I was fourth runner up. And then my third year, I ended up winning. Um, and so I think just standing up there, I had never been in that like holding hands with like first runner up or winner position before. Yeah. And the girl that I was holding hands with, Elizabeth, she was one of my really good pageant friends. We'd known each other for years. And actually, she was Miss Tennessee. She ended up winning Miss Tennessee USA later on in, I think she was 2021, Miss Tennessee USA. So that was really cool to see her journey come full circle as well. Yeah. Uh, but I remember I was just looking down at her her sash. You know, they have the local sashes that say where you, what region you're representing. And I was looking down at her sash and I was just like, oh my gosh, it's going to be either Greater Nashville, which is mine, or I think hers might have been Middle Tennessee. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be one of us. This is crazy. And I just knew that in that moment that I would be so happy for her because um, we were really good friends. And so, yeah, but when my name was called, oh my gosh, it was just like my mind went blank. Actually, my mom almost passed out in the audience when that happened. <laughs> She's told me she literally like, like almost passed out. So yeah, I mean... that, was, that was crazy. Give us an idea as to how your life changed from there on, because I think it's really interesting. Obviously, when you win the title, it's an amazing feeling. And then I think it's very interesting to see how a young woman's life can be transformed from winning a major title. Um, obviously, you, you've had uh, another couple of big titles since then, including your current title, which we'll get to. But how has Bailey Guy's life changed since winning that? that in, in the Miss Tennessee Teen USA? How has it changed since then? Yeah, um, I mean, overnight, my whole life changed. And that really changed. I mean, it, it changed everything about my life, honestly, winning that title, because all of a sudden, I was just, you know, I was never popular in high school. Like, I sat alone at the lunch table leading up to that. And then all of a sudden, the I came back to school a couple of days later, and the principal announces, in the morning announcements. And by the way, congratulations to one of our students, Bailey Guy on winning Miss Tennessee Teen USA. And I was like, well, <laughs> if anybody didn't see it on my Instagram, they know it now. <laughs> I'm assuming that you didn't sit by yourself for lunch much <laughs> after that. Yes. And so I, a lot of people all of a sudden wanted to be friends with me. And, you know, it was kind of interesting navigating. Um, oh, yep, there she is. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was looking over there. I was trying to find it because I knew it was somewhere. So that's what I mean. You look like you collapsed. Yeah, I, I fell to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was just so in shock. I just could not even believe it. I love watching your guys' reaction, even though like this is like 2019, <laughs> so pre-pandemic and everything. Yeah. And you can literally see your, you guys can't hide the smile when you watch moments like this. <laughs> I mean, does this still make you like your spine tingle and all the feels come back? Yeah. Actually, on anytime I have a bad day, I will watch that video to make myself like <laughs> feel better. Um, yeah, so there was me and Elizabeth. And I remember I just looked down at her sash and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be one of us. It's going to be one of us. Oh, I remember a conversation that I had. Let's see. It was like. Oh, I remember. Oh my gosh. I just remember the conversation that we had. So she told me, she said, you're going to kill it at Miss Teen USA. So I don't know if she had some sort of feeling that it would be me. Mission. I don't know. But, but she said, she was like, you're going to kill it at Miss Teen USA. And you can see me in my, in the video. I kind of like shake my head. No, in the beginning, yeah, I was like, yeah, no, yeah. no, it might be you. And so that's what I said to her. And then right after that, they, they called it and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. So yeah, that was what we were talking about. I actually, I remember what I was talking about with my first runner-up for USA National Teen as well, actually. So um, I interrupted you by showing you this video. I can see it's taking, <laughs> taking you back. So you were saying that the school announced that um, announced that you'd won the pageant. So, and you were telling yes. us how your life changed after that. Yeah, so um, immediately it felt like, you know, I was, everybody knew at least everybody had at least heard my name for that reason. If they didn't know me as the puppet girl, they knew me for that. And, uh, and so all of a sudden people would actually call me Miss Tennessee Teen USA. Like I would be just walking to the hallway and people would be like, hi, Miss Tennessee. And I'd be like, hi. <laughs> and it was so funny going from, you know, nobody knowing who I was to all of a sudden, um, 
yeah that happened oh isabella i she had there's a notification hi isabella if you're watching she was my she's sister. commenting yeah, yeah she was cool. uh she was georgia teen usa 2019 so we were under the same director in greenwood Productions. so yeah i actually watched isabella win and we competed at teen usa together <laughs> and she's gonna kill it at teen earth usa in i think january Maybe? I think in January, yeah, yeah, I think she's she's driving up on New Year's Eve itself, oh, wow. so she won't be having a huge New Year's. Um, yeah. <laughs> Isabella, if you're still watching, I still want to see the Bake Off. She she uh, when I was interviewing her, she had a YouTube video about the cake that her and her friends. She had a Bake Off. It was hilarious. Mm -hmm. um, but that was so. This is probably, I guess, your first big title. But since then, you've had yeah. another couple of big titles. So, trace for us now. So after this huge moment here to the current title that you have and as i understand it uh america's ideal the the t title that you have now that's your first title as a miss yes so that was my first miss pageant um yeah so i really made the most of my teen years i feel like uh i actually usa national miss was the the organization that i won usa national team through and the reason that i wanted to compete in that one was because they had actually changed the eligibility uh right before i competed and so i was 19 at the time and so that's a miss division for most organizations but i didn't really right. feel ready to be a miss just yet and then i saw that unm had changed their age literally for that year to be teen with 16 to 19. and i was mm -hmm. like this is perfect i can be a teen for another year this is great and then i ended up uh winning that one. And I remember when I was holding hands with the first runner up, she was from Texas. And I remember saying to her, I said, whoever wins, let's just, let's promise to support each other. Let's cheer each other on all year, just regardless of who it is, like, I'm going to support you and da, 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 da. And so that's what I was talking about with her when, um, in that moment leading up to that. But yeah, so now I'm 20 and I'm finally ready to be a miss. Um, but I asked the national director for UNM right after I won, I asked her what made her um, decide to change the rules that year, because that was the reason that I got to compete. And, you know, it, it ended up working out the way that it did. And so she actually told me, she was like, well, God just told me that it was time to do that. And she was like, so clearly that was so that you could win because that was the plan for you was to to hold that title and you had to be 19 to do it. So uh, so that's why God told her to, <laughs> to change the age division, which is really cool. Yeah, I was in you, shock. you look even more. So your, your signature move on winning a pageant seems to be the fall, the drop to the floor. I did this drop one, to the floor. You yes. look like you can't close your mouth. Oh, now you're <laughs> smiling. <laughs> your draw just... Your jaw just dropped. Yeah. So what, you almost look more excited here. What, what were your emotions <laughs> winning this one? So leading up to that title, I actually had so much self-doubt and anxiety. And I just, if you would have told me that I was going to win that one, I would have not believed you. Um, whereas Tennessee Teen USA, I had a feeling of peace throughout the entire thing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's kind of common for pageant winners to say that they had peace throughout the whole experience. Yeah. And that's definitely true for my Tennessee Teen USA experience. But for this one, I had the opposite of peace. I was completely not expecting that at all. Um, like it was a complete shock. Like I cannot even put into words how shocked I was. It looks like that on your face. We can yeah. definitely see that. <laughs> 
it did not dawn on me that I could potentially walk away with the title until they had called the top three. And so I was in the top three at this point. And, you know, most people when they're in the top three, they're like, okay, I, you know, I got this. Um, but I was in the top three and I was like, mm -mm, there's no way this is going to happen. And, uh, and then I was just backstage and it was kind of a, just kind of a quiet moment. Um, yeah. And I don't know if it was an intermission or what was going on, but I was just backstage kind of by myself in this little corner. And, uh, and I just started praying and I just told God, I was like, God, if this is, what you have for me, then I'm ready for it. And I'm prepared and I'm going to be the best that I can be at this title. Um, and I, if, so if it is for me, I accept it. Mm. And that's what I said. And then I opened my eyes and it kind of looked like I was, it was kind of, it was an imaginary thing, but I was imagining a crown, the crown that that crown um, was just kind of hovering about 10 feet away from me. And I, like walked over to it and I'm just kind of like looking at it up and it's just, you know, it's all in my imagination, but it felt very real. It felt like I was actually looking yep. at this crown. And so I walked over to it and I just said again, I said, God, I accept it. And then we had to line up to go on for top three and it ended up working out, but I 100% did not think that I was going to win that one at all. I had so much self doubt. I actually, so that pageant happened in July and in May, I actually told my mom that I wanted to uh, to like get out of it, like disqualify myself. I don't know what the, what okay. the word is, but like quit. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Because I had so much self-doubt. I was like, I don't even think that I can go through with this. I don't think I have a shot at winning. I, I don't think that, I don't think it's gonna be me. And I just, I can't deal with the amount of doubt that I have and the amount of anxiety mm. that it's giving me. And I think I should just, I think I should just give the title back. And my mom was like, absolutely not. <laughs> You're not gonna do that. Um, and so she really pushed me to to stay in it. And I'm glad she did. But um, but yeah, there was a there was a time when I wanted to not what I considered not even competing because mm -hmm. I had so much anxiety about it. I just wanna I, I want to jump in because what you touched on there is obviously hugely important. And uh, mental health is hugely important, mm -hmm. and pageantry sometimes can not necessarily be the kindest place. Um, but you had won a massive title, Teen Tennessee USA. And I think a lot of girls watching this, a lot of girls think that, oh, the answer to all my life's problems will lie in winning a pageant. Um, and I always caution against that. I think it's extremely dangerous. You had won a huge pageant, probably the biggest pageant you could at that stage in, in your state, in that system. And then fast forward to this pageant and you were doubting yourself. Mm -hmm. Can can you just speak a little bit about what happened in between? Like what led you to that stage where you had anxiety, you were doubting yourself despite having what any sane person would say, oh, you had massive pageant success, you've got this. So yeah. can you talk about even though the fact you won a huge pageant, that self-doubt and anxiety can still creep in. Well, I think that's true that a lot of girls do. And I actually, um, I touched on that in my book and how a lot of people do, they they have this this idea that, oh, if I just, if I could just win this title or if I could just have that job or if I could just have this relationship or if I could just have, and they have like this, this mental marker in their head of that's when, that's when I'll be happy. That's when yep. my life will feel complete. That's when I'll feel fulfilled. And so for a lot of pageant girls, they think if I could just have that dream title, then all my problems will go away. But mm. in reality, 
from what I found those two years, I like to say that those two years were the best and worst years of my life. The, the years wow. that I had the reign um, right. with those titles, because it is so amazing. There's so many opportunities and you get to, you get to make such a difference. You get to make such an impact and you get to touch so many people. And it's, it's so incredible to, to experience that and to feel like you've been able to make an impact in someone's life. But on the inside, you also have so many struggles that you can't always talk or you feel like you can't talk about them yep. and you feel like you can't show this, this ugly side to such a beautiful experience. But in reality, that that is there and that exists. And when you do have one of those big titles, a lot of times you put so much pressure on yourself and you feel the need to always be perfect. And that's definitely what I felt throughout, um, especially the year with Tennessee Teen USA. Um, I like it was it was crazy. I just I always felt the need to always, you know, look really put together. And and, you know, those are good things. But also. You also have to give yourself some grace because you're just you're just, you're a human, you're a person and mm. you're not going to be perfect. And so you can't hold yourself to that expectation. Um, and then throughout my year with USA National Teen, one of my biggest struggles was I was actually experiencing a lot of bullying at that time um, wow. within the industry. And so that was really, really a difficult thing. And that's still I actually still, you know, it's still pretty recent. I still have even anxiety from that. And so yeah. um, that was really, really difficult to experience and to go through. And that was also something that I couldn't yeah. I could never put on social media. I could never talk about. Um, yeah. And so it is really hard. But there's there's so much more to having a title than what people mm. sometimes see and what even what title holders show, because, you know, I don't want to discourage anyone from going for those big titles, because I think if those are your dreams, then you should absolutely go for it. Just like how, you know, I'm still pursuing, um, you know, yeah. other titles that I, yep. that are my dreams. And so you can't let those things stop you. But I do think that awareness within the industry is really important that, you know, people, that people know that it's not gonna, it's not a bandaid that a crown is not a band-aid yeah. for your problems. And a lot of times it can even be a magnifying glass on those things. Um, yep. And so that's Absolutely. something that I didn't always realize and that I see a lot of people, they, they go into it with this mindset that if I could just have this title, then I'll, ha I'll finally have confidence. I'll finally, mm -hmm. you know, I'll finally have this. I remember, you know, it's so being 16 of me, but when I was Miss Tennessee Teen USA, or before I won leading up to it, I was like, if I win Miss Tennessee Teen USA, this boy I have a crush on is definitely gonna like me back. And uh, he did not. So <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't solve all your problems. It doesn't make everything else just work out perfectly for you. Um, and honestly, thank goodness he did not like me back. That would not have been a good situation. But um, so it all works out in the end. But I, you know, you do go into it thinking that a title is gonna fix certain things when it really, it'll just, it's not going to, you ha you really have to fix those things in yourself beforehand. Yeah. And, yeah. um, cause the title's not going to give you confidence. It's it'll give you opportunities and it'll give you, it'll give you a lot of amazing things, but it won't give you that inner fulfillment that we all are searching for. It can't so do that. If I was to ask you what advice you would give back to your 16 year old self, you know, you got, you're so excited won the title and you think rightly or wrongly that everything is going to change now just because of that title. It's not, but not because of not really realizing that it's you who's done it, but you think the title is going to do it. So if you had to give advice to your 16 year old self or someone who's another teen, who's let's say just won their dream title, 
what advice would you give them? But also, I think importantly, because most teens will have a, will have parents supporting them. Is there any advice you would give the parents as well in terms of what's the best way to support your daughter who's just one? So what advice would you give yourself and what advice maybe would you give the parents? I would say firstly to, um, well, I'll give advice to the parents first. I think my biggest advice to the parents is let your child know that you'll be just as proud of them if they come in last place as if they mm -hmm. come in first place. Because even when I did not make top 15 at Miss Tennessee Teen USA two years before winning, I still came off the stage. My mom gave me a big hug. She told me she was so proud of me. Um, my dad was crying because of how proud he was of me. <laughs> They're both criers. We all are. <laughs> but uh, but they, they let me know that they were just as proud of me if I had won than if I hadn't. And they never put, mm. they never, they never, they're, how proud they were for me and their love for me was never conditional on my success. Yep. And so I think even though every parent, you know, should at least, you know, have that in their own mind that, well, you know, I'm still going to love my child the same regardless, but I think just letting them know that and really yeah. making that clear because a lot of times, yeah. you know, it is a lot of money and, and kids can put a lot of pressure on themselves to, um, to you know, not want to let their parents down if they know that yeah. their parents have spent all this money on wardrobe and da 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 da, da. Um, And they might think, oh, well, I have to win for my parents because then all that money will go to waste. And I yeah. think it's really important that parents let their kids know that you don't have to win. You don't have to, like, as long as you are your personal best, then that's all I can ask for. And so that's really, uh, also, if your child isn't truly into it, don't push them to do something they don't want to do. Mm -hmm. That's another, that's another thing, because I see that a lot where a girl, because um, I also coach some girls and there was yeah. a girl that I was coaching and she was like, I honestly don't even want to compete. And I was yeah. like, why and um and she told me and and it's it's really sad that sometimes a parent can it's more mm -hmm. of the parent's dream than the kid's dream yep. and so i think that it's important to just like how my mom came to me when i was nine and she was like we gotta find something you're passionate about something you're good at and i chose pageants but whatever that whatever that thing is support them fully in that um yeah. whether it's what you would imagine for them or not and then for for contestants i would say my advice is don't put your worth in that. And and also mm. visualize, visualize yourself winning, but also visualize yourself not winning. I think that that's a really big, um, a, and I actually got that advice at a really big pageant that I, I was like, I have to win this one. I, and I was in that spot of like, this is so important. I have to win this. Like, I'm going to be crushed if I don't win. And someone gave me the advice. They said, well, and it was on finals night. It was the morning of yeah. the final pageant. And they said, well, you know, you've visualized yourself winning, you know what you're going to do if you win, but visualize yourself not winning. And mm -hmm. I did. And it, it really allowed me to have a more realistic approach because I saw how possible that was. And then yeah. I ended up not winning. <laughs> so I was really glad that I'd visualized that and prepared myself for that outcome as well. Um, so yeah, I think that that's, that's really important to, to realize that you're still the same person, whether you have the crown and sash or not. And I know that the crown can, it, it can it it does change your life, but who you are as a person doesn't change. Your your dreams, your goals, your aspirations, your abilities, the the impact that you can make, you can still do all of that without having that crown yeah. of sash. Yeah.
hundred percent. I like to say you make the crown, the crown doesn't make you. That's yeah. very interesting advice that that person gave you visual visualize yourself not winning because that's not the typical sort of self-help advice. It's always yeah. visualize you winning. There's no no doubt that at the end of the day, there's only one winner in yeah. any pageant. And I wouldn't term the other people losers, but there's only one person who will walk away with the yeah. crown. So knowing what you're going to do if you've not happened to win. And as you said, you didn't even place top 15 um, at Miss Tennessee Teen USA. And then two years later, you won the whole thing. So, you, I mean, you could have given up right away then. But knowing that you're going to, what you're going to do with yourself if you don't win is um, is hugely important. I think this is a good time to talk about your book because visualization, obviously, um, is related to your book, which is Goals mm -hmm. in Action. Now, uh, do you have a copy of the book? There. I do. Right here. <laughs> Goals okay. in action. Yeah. <laughs> so I so you can get that on Amazon. Let me just add that to the stream. So um the the Amazon link is in the description of this interview. Also, I imagine if you um if you search for the name Goals in Action, 21 days of goal setting through daily devotions and put Bailey guys, uh, put Bailey guy in there as well. You'll be able to find it, but talk us through, I'm a published author myself. Um, so welcome to the club. Always nice <laughs> to meet another author. Let's start with where did the idea come to you? When did it come to you that you wanted to write a book? So I started journaling. So writing in a journal when I was 14 years old, and uh, I've just always loved to write. I loved writing in my journal about my day. Um, and I still do that. And I've finished over 60 journals now. <laughs> so I love to journal. Um, but I always have loved writing essays. English was always my favorite subject. And so uh, whenever starting when I was, you know, with my very first essay when I was younger, I always every time that I would write an essay, I would want to read it to my dad. And so I would come into the kitchen. I'd be like, okay, I just finished. Do you want to hear it? And he'd be like, of course I want to hear it. And so I would read my essay to him. And my dad always, I mean, sometimes I'll be writing an essay about, you know, some random topic and he will literally mm -hmm. start crying because he's so proud of me. Oh, right. <laughs> and, and, okay. No, not because it's bad, because he's proud of me. <laughs> I was going to say. Always, um, and he would always say things. He would always say, he would be like, you are just so brilliant, Bailey. Like, I just cannot even imagine being so good at writing. And he really hyped me up way more than what, you know, my seventh grade essays on the Civil War deserved. But he would, um, but he would always just tell me, he'd be like, you should write a book. And so ever since I was little, when I was, you know, however old you are when you write your first essay, but he would always tell me, he'd be like, you should write a book. You are just such an amazing writer. Um, and da, 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 da. And so I, that just always was in my mind that I should write a book. <laughs> and so then eventually, um, I just kind of felt like after I won USA national team, I was like, you know, this is probably the, uh, y'all probably never get a better time than right now to, to sit home, yeah. to sit here and just write this book. <laughs> and, um, and I'd had the idea in my mind for about a year before I originally, before I started writing it. Um, and I just, I've always loved goal setting. I've always been really passionate about, uh, about setting goals and about teaching people goal setting skills and also helping people to know that success and failure aren't opposites, but they really do go together. And, you know, I kind of use my pageant experience as an example of that with my seven years of not winning in the beginning and then, you know, not making top 15 at Miss Tennessee Teen USA, two years winning. Um, so 
I really, I've seen what failure can do and how it can really teach you and, and push you to grow. Um, and so I feel like there's so many lessons in failure and that so many people resist failure and they, they're like, I can't fail. I, I just, I only want to do it if I'm going to win. And if I think that there's a chance I'm going to lose and I'm not even going to try, but I feel like there's so many lessons. There's so much value in failure. And so reframing what we see as failure and, you know, remembering that just because you lost, just because you didn't accomplish the goal you had set in mind, that doesn't mean that you failed because you got closer to something. You got closer to what that goal is, or maybe you found something that really was meant for you all along. Um, And so I think that that's really one of the biggest messages throughout goals and action is uh, how to set those goals, but also how to really navigate what happens when they don't happen um, and how to, how to use that, that experience to get you closer to what your purpose really is. Um, so a lot of my, uh, I actually have excerpts from my journal entries from like my diaries, if you want to call it that. I feel like that's such a cringy word. So I call them journals. Daily diaries. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually have quite a few excerpts in, from my journals and diaries uh, in the book. Um, so I think that that's really, that just kind of adds a little personal touch where, um, people can read what was going through my mind in certain moments. I know the journal entry that I wrote the night before I won Miss Tennessee Teen USA is one of the ones that's in there. Um, there's a lot of them. And the, the entries that I wrote leading up to USA National Teen where I was having so much doubt and anxiety, some of those are in there. So it's just, it, I, I really, my entire heart is, <laughs> is in that book. And so many of my, my tips and my secrets to success are in there and I really I think it's I think it's really beneficial for people even who aren't in pageants and I actually have stories from things like student council and from things that are it's not just a pageant book and so I really wanted it to be able to relate to people of all different walks of life um and there's actually uh and I know this really um He's an elderly man and he actually read the book and he's like in his 80s and he read the book and he said that it changed his whole perspective on things. So even somebody who, um, you know, who has lived way more life than I have and who's probably has a ton of wisdom of his own was able to gain something from it. And that was one of the biggest compliments that I've gotten on it um, was that. I think I saw, I think I saw he left because there's some reviews on Amazon. Yes, I think he, he left, did leave is, a that, is that him? Yes, and I've actually never even met him in person, but he uh, he knows my mom, and so uh, that's how he well, found well, out about I'll, the book. I'll read I'll read it out here, so people yeah. watching or listening can. So, as a person in their eighties, I have not seen a book more inspiring and moving, and to think a teenager lived and wrote it. This book belongs to all age groups. It motivates me to pray each day and set my goal. Lord, open doors that I might be a blessing to someone today. Bailey drives home the point that setbacks become comebacks when we trust God through it all. Even our failures lead to better fulfilling God's purpose in our life. Failures are never final. That's apparently on day 14. Thanks, young lady, for having the courage, sacrificial love, and passion to share some of your marvelous life stories. I highly recommend this book to both old and young, poor and wealthy, weak and strong. That's got to feel some (laughs) kind of way hearing that from an 80-year-old, right? I actually printed that out because I wanted to be able to keep it forever because <laughs> it just meant so much to me to hear those uh, those things. And from someone who I've never even met in person, he just, he knows mm-hmm. my mom, um, that really through her work. And so that really, it that means a lot to hear. And 
you know, that was really one of my, that was one of my worries with writing a book. And that was kind of something that always stopped me was, well, maybe I don't know enough. What if, what if my advice mm -hmm. and what if my knowledge isn't going to help anybody? What if it's wrong? What if, you know, yeah. all the, all the things that, <clears throat> that are mental blockers that keep you from going after something, but every single day it is a devotional. And so it is, um, it is considered a, you know, religious book. And I really just wanted for God to speak through me. And so every single day before I would uh, sit down and write any of it, I would say a prayer and say that I don't want for it to be just my own words, that I want it to be, mm -hmm. I want every single word that I type to be sealed by God, approved by him, and to, for his, his words to be flowing through me. And for um, whoever's going to read the book, for something to touch every single person that reads the book. And there were some days that I would have a plan for what I was going to write for a certain mm -hmm. day. Uh, and then after I would say that prayer, God would just put me in a different direction and be like, actually, you're going to write about this instead. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, so many of the stories are, I feel like just really, it's just, God was just going through me. And, um, and so that's really amazing to be able to, to know that the book really is, you know, it has God's stamp of approval because that's what I prayed for throughout the entire thing. So that's what really made me confident in being able to write the book was knowing that it isn't just my words and it isn't just my thoughts, but that um, that the God of the universe was going through me and and giving me inspiration. It's definitely divinely inspired. And so that really means a lot to me that people yeah. can be inspired by it at all ages. It's really interesting to me that it's a devotional because I have been, I, I was baptized, but at the age I was baptized, it's something like my parents made me do. And because of that, I was almost quite resentful and I never would have considered myself religious at all. And then this year, maybe because of COVID, maybe it was timing, who knows, I decided, you know what, I'm finally going to read the Bible. So this entire year, I've been following a, a one year Bible reading plan. So in about two weeks, I would have finished reading the entire Bible. Oh I would gosh, say it's amazing. not easy. Um, the Old Testament has some proper biblical wrath, let's put it that way. But um, I'm fascinated by the idea of a devotional because I don't know much about the religion outside of the Bible itself. I know there are Bible study guides, a devotional, I, I, assuming it's not the same. But I struggle because just at the end of the New Testament, and it's talking a lot about this idea that you by yourself as a human you can't if, if it was just like we could do it all right by ourselves then we wouldn't have needed the sacrifice of jesus like the whole point of that was because we couldn't do it ourselves yeah. and then i struggle sometimes with the idea of trusting god that he will show you the right way and letting go of that sort of that a type personality where i'm going to do it myself and i'll find a way and the bible is saying if that was this was the point if that, if that were the case, then Jesus wouldn't have needed to die for us. Yeah. Do you ever struggle with that yourself? Like the letting go side of it, that God has a plan and it's only by faith in God that you actually get to where you want to get to? Yeah, for sure. Um, trust is, uh, is a big thing for me. And I always have to remind myself, put your trust in God. And, um, and I feel like, you know, God just, he answers. And if you pray to him and if you, talk to him he'll and listen he will he'll speak to you and he'll um he'll tell you and he'll guide you on where to go and so i definitely i like how you said that and and that's that's very true that we can't i mean some people you know 
we can't do anything without without God's love and joy and peace because um, I mean, really, the only thing that gets me through some of the anxiety that I've had as a title holder and some of the some of those down and and difficult times mm. was God and trusting that God put me there and that you know there's a Bible verse that says bloom where you're planted and so yep. I'm just gonna. I'm going to do that. <laughs> and, uh, and so even if it's, even if it's in a really dark time, I'm going to still try to be a light and I'm going to try to give God's light to the world. Um, and that's really one of my biggest goals as a title holder, but yeah, it definitely it's, it can be difficult to, to release that control, especially when mm-hmm. you are somebody who has so, such big goals and you're like, God, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Cause I'm seeing it. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. he isn't seeing it because sometimes you're not seeing what he's seeing. And that's something that's, it's really, that's been a big lesson throughout my life is to fully put that trust in him because he ultimately has a way better plan than anything that you can come up with. And that's proven to be true throughout my life. I could not have done any of the things that I've done without, without God leading me every Mm -hmm. single step of the way. I mean, writing this book was one of the most terrifying experiences of my entire life. (laughs) And I 100% would not have done it if god wasn't leading me to it because i really felt like god was saying this is the time and so i did it but i could not have done that if i didn't have just full trust in him um and i think you know as a title holder that really is one of my biggest goals is to is to shine god's light and this is just one little contribution and one way that i can do that is through my book and that's my goal is that is that people are touched by the book and that that they do see that God is so involved and so there for them and so present. He's not just some random guy that's, you know, yeah. a billion years away, <laughs> but he really, he's so present. He is with every single one of us. And I kind of like to think of it. I have this visual that, um, that I've used before where, um, you know, how that there's the earth and there's the sun and the moon and the moon doesn't have any light of its own. But when we look up at it at night, it looks really bright, but it's actually just reflecting the sun's light. And so the sun is beaming off the moon and it reflects onto the earth. And so I kind of like to think of myself as like the moon. And then mm. the sun is kind of like God where I don't really have any light of my own. I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm pretty bad at things. Like I, I really can't do much on my own, but because I have God's light shining on me, I can then reflect that onto the world. And I think that's what it, that's, that's really our, mm-hmm. our mission. That's really my mission in life is to just be that, be that light for people. Even if it's not a light that's coming from within myself, it's the light that's coming from God. And I want to be able to show the world that light. And so just like how the moon can light up the night sky, even though it has no light of its own, it's just reflecting the, the, the sun's light. That's how I want to be. And when people might be in a dark place, I want to be that little, you know, glimmer of light that shows them, hey, there's, look at all this, look at this, look at this light that God has. Um, and so I hope that my book does reach people and touch people in that way. And, uh, and that it does ultimately not give any glory to me or my story, but that it, that it gives glory to God. So that's, that's the goal. That's a really cool metaphor. The the one about the moon. I never thought of it like that. That's that's very very cool. Um, I have to say, I can't get this in Australia. When when I when I saw the book, I'm like, really? because of my own journey, 
in in religion i'm like i want to mm -hmm. i really want to get this book yeah. um i can't get it <laughs> it's not available oh, in no. australia oh, my goodness. so <laughs> i'm, I'm going to have to have a conversation with you after this and i'll pay you to send me over a copy because i really want yeah. to read this book for some i'm not just saying that because you're on with me now <laughs> when i saw the book i'm like i think i really need to get my hands on this and then as you can see in the top right it's currently unavailable over here yeah, in australia I didn't see that until it's, it's available in america like don't don't yeah. panic but i can australia, definitely ship it, it to you i know it's yeah, available well, in europe um there was someone from europe who messaged me who had gotten it so that's interesting yeah. that it's not available in australia i there guess are different um as, as a published author myself there, there are different stores and you have to try and yeah. you have to make sure they're available in each it's anyway yeah doesn't matter <laughs> Um, but I will, yeah. I will get you to, uh, I will pay you. I don't want you to send it for me to me for free. I will, I will get the, I really want to read this book. Um, I would love to but, send it to you. I would love for you to be able to read it. That's, um, that's amazing. I've got to ask any future authoring plans or like myself, were you so traumatized by your first authoring <laughs> experience that you left it for two years? That's what I did. <laughs> well, I did just publish this one in February. It came out February 1st right. of this year. And I honestly, every idea and every um, everything that I had in my in my mind and in my heart for what I wanted to to put into a book is put right on these pages. I mean, when I say my whole heart is on these pages, it really yeah. truly is. And so I do plan on writing a book eventually in the future because I want to be a motivational speaker someday and a motivational mm -hmm. author. And so I definitely will write a book again someday. It might be five years from now. It might be ten years from now. But a book will have my name on it again, again, eventually. That, that is definitely, I, I love the process. I love being able to write and I, I love writing and I, I love writing in my journal. I love writing essays. And so I would love to write another book someday. I just, I'm just going to wait for God to give me another idea. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, when you've left your heart and soul on the pages of a book, you, you can't just do another one. I think there are some people who just say, oh, you just sit down and write every day. But I, I can see some wisdom in that to get better at the skill of writing. But also yeah. I feel like there's a moment that you're inspired mm -hmm. um, and there's some moments where you're just not. <laughs> and you, I don't think you can manufacture the the inspiration or fake it. Let's um, let's move on. We've spoken about your book and God and religion. So I think now is a good time to talk about the Compassion Conference. So I say that because yeah. compassion is a is a huge thing um, in 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 religion and with God. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about what the Compassion Conference was. Yes. Yeah, so the Compassion Conference was that was kind of my baby for the year as USA national team. That was my biggest goal. Um, with that title, because honestly, a lot of people don't know this, but when I won that title, I was not planning on writing a book that year, was not planning on it at all. And, um, and it just, it really, it was that push from God, honestly, that was the mm. reason that I did it, but I was not planning on doing it. And so, but what I was planning on doing was this compassion conference. And so it was kind of my plan that I was, uh, that I talked about to the judges and then my onstage question. And it was so amazing to get to see it come to life. Um, but yeah, so it was a two-part conference and it was virtual. So I wanted to reach as many people as possible and it was free. So, you know, accessibility. Um, mm -hmm. But Miss USA 2009, Kristen Dalton-Wolf was my guest speaker, which was so cool because she's one of my favorite Miss USAs. Um, if not my favorite, well, I have a few favorites, but I love her. And so it was amazing getting to have her on my conference. Um, but there was the first part was goal setting because I love goal setting. I just, I really... I'm really passionate about teaching people those goal setting skills and how to reach their goals and how to really reach their full potential and how to discover what their purpose is because everybody has a purpose. And so yeah. 
Uh, so that's what the whole first part of the conference was about. And then the second part was about compassion and how to use your goals and success and any sort of platform that you've built to then help other people and benefit other people and give to other people. And so that's what it was all about, was really just um, encouraging, especially pageant girls, to uh, not just wear the crown, but to genuinely do something with it. And yes. to not just have yeah. it sitting on a shelf and to not just have it on your Instagram page, but to use it to think, okay, what's something that I can do to give back to other people that I could never do as well on my own? What's something that I can do uniquely right now in this time, specifically with this title and in this place that I've, that mm -hmm. I've been put? Um, and so that's really, that was what the Compassion Conference was all about, was about goals and how to use your goals to then help other people um, help benefit their own, their lives as well. Um, the goal setting is all well and good, but you didn't call it the goal setting conference. You called it yes. the compassion conference. So I got yes. to imagine you have a particular connection to the word compassion. Yes. So it wasn't, it was named the compassion conference because uh, there's a Bible verse and it has compassion um, in it as one of the qualities trying to think, I don't want to say it wrong, but it's Colossians 3.12. And so that's the Bible verse that has compassion in it. Let me think. I think it's patience, compassion, kindness, um, humility, and there's one more. I always forget that last one. But, um, but it has five different qualities that, um, that as chosen people that we should have. So that's what the, mm -hmm. that's what the verse is about. And so I plucked compassion from um, from that uh, that Bible verse, and that's what I named it Compassion Conference for. Um, in addition to that, the service organization for USA National Miss was called Inspire, and there were three mm -hmm. pillars to Inspire. There was Inspire Earth, Inspire Kindness, and Inspire Compassion. And so when I saw that um, that compassion was one of the words in this Bible verse, and it was also one of the three pillars of the service project for USA National Miss, that's where I was yeah. like, that's it. That's the word. I have to use compassion. And so Compassion Conference really got its name from the connection between those two things. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned the pillars. Um, one was kindness. One was compassion. Yes. Where, and where kindness is the... in that Bible verse as well. So I guess theoretically I could have named it Kindness Conference, but... Yeah, but C and C. It goes... Yeah. It goes to... Compassion it was. Where, where do you see the difference between compassion and kindness? Because obviously they're in the, yeah. the same ballpark. But for you, where, what's the difference? Because people always say be kind. That, yeah. That's Instagram sort of Instagram. Be kind always. And I, I agree with that. Compassion is slightly different, right? Yeah. Where, where do you see the difference between being kind and being compassionate? I think kindness is more of an action and compassion is more of a feeling and a way mm. of being. And so kindness, you know, random acts of kindness, holding the door open yeah. for someone, that's an example of being kind and just, you know, the little things you can do to, to show somebody, you know, to show someone kindness um, yeah. and to make them, you know, make their day easier. Uh, and then compassion is really a way of life. It's having this deep like urge to help people and to truly make a difference more than, you know, opening the door and more than, more mm -hmm. than this, more than that. Um, but yeah, compassion, I really feel like that's where the difference is. And as title holders, we need to always have compassion. We need to, it needs to be more than just a service project that we can post about on Instagram. It needs to be oh, yeah. truly the need to help people and to benefit people. And I really, you know, when I, when I go out and when I'm 
talking to people. I want to be a motivational speaker. So I take any opportunity I can to be able to speak in front of people. And when mm -hmm. I do that, I really want to always make sure that I'm speaking from my heart. And even though I will always have a plan of what I'm going to say, I also want to give myself that room where if something comes to me in the moment, or yep. if I just, if God starts talking to me and is like, Hey, you need to talk about this. I want to be able to give myself that room to, to really just share from my heart. And because I truly, it's not about just, it's not about this written plan. It's not about, you know, what I've said I wanted to do. It's not, it's not about any of those things that I think sometimes people put their focus on. It's not about the outside yeah. appearance, but yeah. truly impacting people and truly making a difference in their lives and giving them just that little nugget of wisdom. If that's, if you know, that's what I want to do when I'm speaking. So whatever your passion is, whatever skills you have really just making sure that you're using those for good and should truly have an impact on people. Um, is really what compassion is all about. And so I think that's such an important quality of a title holder is to, to have that deep passion for helping other people. 100%. You, you asked me how long the interview would go for. And I said, normally under an hour, we've been on for over an hour. Um, and it seems like only 20 minutes. I, I really enjoy talking to you. But let's move towards the close just before we move towards a close. Um, I mean, we've talked about so many things. <laughs> what do you do outside of pageants and authoring? Um, what what do you do just to de-stress or just randomly? Like, is it Netflix and pizza? Is there a <laughs> hobby apart from ventriloquism? I, I do a lot of journaling. So I've already mm -hmm. touched on that um, lately. I OK, so this is a funny fact, but I never watch TV because the TV in my house stopped working. And so and it's been years and we just haven't. Right. My dad's like, we need to get this fixed. And I'm like, why bother? <laughs> so yeah. um, we actually just got it fixed last week. <laughs> but now right. I'm like, well, I haven't watched TV for years. Um, but I, the one show that I will watch on my friend's Hulu account, because I don't even watch it enough to have my own Hulu account. Mm -hmm. But I've lately been watching How I Met Your Mother. And it's so cute. I love that show. And so I've been watching that lately as kind of just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I but I never watch TV. Like this is the first TV show that I've watched literally since I was in elementary school. So that's pretty crazy. Wow. Um and then outside of, you know, random hobbies that I have, I uh recently joined a sorority at my college. Um so Alpha Omicron Pi. I don't know if they have sororities in Australia, but it's it's a big thing in America. No. Um <laughs> and so I just joined a sorority, so that's been really cool to um, to have so many friends and sisters within my own college, which is, it's, that's so special to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I never thought my, I never saw myself being in a sorority. I never really thought that I would do something like that, but, um, but it just kind of, it just kind of landed in my lap. And so I was like, you know what, this is an opportunity that I can learn and learn about other people and grow and I want to take it. And so, uh, so I did it and, um, yeah, I've, I've been really enjoying that too. <laughs> interesting you mentioned sororities because i don't know if you can see in the background just underneath our webcam it says be more than just a queen make an impact and behind that is i wanted to because i love the idea of sororities girls you yeah. know women supporting women and i thought wouldn't it be cool if pageantry was more like more like that it wasn't just a title for a year but it was an ongoing sorority mm -hmm. so i called it the pageant sorority and the actual greek letters are behind our webcams you can't see them now but no, we don't have sororities here in Australia, but I love the idea of them. And I, I would love to see more of that. 
um, in pageantry? Because I feel there's a lot of commonality between pageantries and sororities and the idea of women supporting women to be the best versions of, the, of themselves. And also, as you've pointed out already, service beyond yourself, compassion, yeah. not just me, look at me, look at me, but actually going out and helping people, I think is hugely important. Uh, okay, well... The final 10 questions, just before the final 10 questions, anyone you want to give a shout out to for supporting you along your journey? Oh, goodness. Let's see. Two of my best time. pageant friends, Victoria Vredevogue. She lives in Arizona. She's, I love her. Um, Natalie Woodward. She lives in Virginia. Love her too. Sarah Brickle. She's in Florida right now. Love her. Um, those are my three best pageant friends. They're so supportive. I love them ah, with all my heart. Um, Miss Jackie, she was the USA National Miss Director. I love her. She made such an impact in my life. She helped me so much with my book because she had actually written a few books. And so oh, cool. she was my mentor throughout that process. So I love her with all my heart. She was amazing. Um, my parents, of course, they're both so supportive. David and Kelly Guy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think just anybody who, oh, anybody who's read my book, anybody who's supported mm -hmm. me on that journey. Thank you. Like I seriously, that means so much to me. Um, about 350 to 400 people last time I checked have, uh, purchased wow. the book. And so, yeah. and most self-published books actually max out at around 250. That's the, that's the statistic that that's like where they typically cut out. But yeah, so far we've gotten about 400 and that's just, that's amazing to me. Like, oh my gosh, like the fact that there's 400 people in the world who have bought my yeah. book and read my book and thought, it, you know, like that's the crazy, it blows my mind. So, um, <laughs> so anybody who's bought my book or who, everybody who's watching this, if you're, um, if you're a supporter of the pageant project and you're wanting to improve in the pageant world, um, this is definitely a good way to do it is just by listening to title holders and getting that kind of advice. And so thank you for having such a great, um, a great way for people to, to have that information. Cause I think so many people wish that they could have a conversation with, you know, the title holder that they look up to or aspire to be. And you're making that so accessible to so many people by holding these interviews and, and then allowing, you know, anybody who wants to tune in to watch it and, and to learn from it. So I think that's so amazing. So shout out to you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, I would say the statistics on authoring are even worse than what you think. I, I, and I say this because I coach people. I have courses up on teaching people how to get published. And it's most people, a lot of people struggle to even sell one copy of their book. One. So to have sold as many as you have, uh, hats off. That That's no small feat. Thank um, you. So congratulations. <laughs> All right, Bailey, the final 10 questions. Here we go. Number one, what is your favorite word? Bubbles. <laughs> it's just such a fun word, person, bubbles. It's my code word. Anytime I have to come that. up, anytime I come up with a code word, it's always bubbles. <laughs> Some people say apple pie, but mine's bubbles. <laughs> Uh, bubbles. Well, it's one of those words you just can't say without laughing and giggling at it. I don't know why. It's like bubbles. It's like a funny yeah. word. Uh, number two, what is your least favorite word? Oh, any bad word. I don't say bad words. So any 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 word that's Us like words. offensive or yeah, I don't I don't use any. I just steer clear of those. So I just think they're unnecessary. Probably don't come to Australia then. Um, <laughs> We, we, we play fast and loose with, with some of the words we say. Uh, number three, in life, what gets you excited? What turns you on? Hmm. I think 
let's see i really love goal setting and i love it Ooh, i really love actually something i genuinely that just like i think the thing that makes my heart feel most alive is giving people pep talks i love giving people pep talks like it's fun to set my own goals it's fun to have my own dreams but helping mm. people reach theirs and like yeah. giving them a pep talk and being like you can do this i've been told by so many people that i give the best pep talks and i just love doing it i it just makes me feel so alive i get so hyped up giving people pep talks <laughs> you said you want to be a motivational speaker sounds like you're gonna <laughs> go down the, the coach route as well because that's exactly what a coach has got to do and the people who make the best coaches in my experience are the ones who enjoy helping others more than they almost enjoy helping themselves and i totally resonate with that um so that was what turns you on what about what turns you off hmm. that's a good one let's see you know sometimes i'm a bit of a procrastinator <laughs> so i think a lot of times whenever i put too much on my plate i tend to not do any of it mm -hmm. <laughs> and so i think those times i've kind of been dealing with this lately of like, you know, cause finals just happened for me. So final, yeah. you know, final exams, things like that. And I mean, it was, it was a struggle. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, I have so many different exams I have to study for. I gotta do this, I gotta do that. I got going out of town. I gotta prepare for all these things. And, um, and so sometimes when so many things get put on your plate then mm -hmm. you're just like, I'm just gonna sit on my bed and watch how I met your mother. <laughs> It's good to know so, that you're not always perfect. That's reassuring. <laughs> Nowhere near it. <laughs> uh, question five. What sound or noise do you love? I love, <laughs> I love like bird noises and like duck quacking. <laughs> like quack, quack. <laughs> Just like dead quack. I actually went duck hunting for the first time recently. It was about right. just a few weeks ago. It was it was in November, and it was the it was quite an experience. And I had I had to wake up at three a.m. to go duck hunting. And oh. <laughs> but I love hearing the birds, just seeing them fly by. Quack 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 quack. <laughs> I, I saw your eyes light up when I mentioned when I said the question. I was like, oh, this is going to be a good answer. It's like you really do love bird sounds. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> um. What about question six? What sound or noise do you hate? Um, ooh, okay. You know, like picture paper, like when you get mm -hmm. a picture printed, pictures yeah. rubbing against each other, <laughs> it like, oh, it bothers me. So like much. a squeaky, <laughs> yeah, squeak. like that, like squeaky, like, <laughs> and it's like specifically picture paper, like something yeah. about that noise of like pictures, like that weird noise that they make when they like rub against each other. Yeah, I make a lot of photo albums. I love scrapbooking and photo albums. And so I deal with a lot of pictures. I actually right before this went to Walgreens to pick up some some pictures for my next photo album. Um, but <laughs> and then like rushed home for this. But um, but yeah, picture paper, <laughs> rub it against each other is not my favorite. Sound. <laughs> I, I can't say I've heard that one. I've printed pictures out many times, but I haven't rubbed them against one another. So yeah. I can kind of imagine but yeah, yeah or like when your fingernail good. rubs against it it makes the same noise just like anything rubbing yeah. its picture paper it just like makes my skin crawl <laughs> yeah you're not looking very comfortable talking about it if i'm <laughs> honest let's move on uh question seven if you could have any one superpower what would you pick and why time travel <laughs> i think it'd be really cool i don't think i'd want to go into the future 
the future scares me a little bit, but I'd like to go into the past. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd really like to go back and like talk to George Washington and mm-hmm. well, you're Australian, but <laughs> well, I, I I know George Washington. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I know that much. <laughs> but I just think it'd be really cool. Even I mean, Jesus, like he was mm. you know two thousand years ago. That would, I just I wish that I could just go back, but like take a camera with me and like. <laughs> take pictures of everything that would be so much that would be so cool did you know i'm really into the titanic did you know that every picture that we have from the titanic like on board was from one person who took those pictures and then if that one person would not have made it we would have no pictures from like the inside of the titanic no i i had no idea i'm fascinated by the titanic but that's because i used to be into giant warships and the Titanic is a giant ship and the story yeah. of why and how it sank. Because I said it was unsinkable, which yeah. always seems to me to be a bad idea to say that. Yeah. But um, no, I, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that that <laughs> was fact. a random fact. I feel like I've learned a lot today. Question eight. <laughs> what job would you most like to attempt? To attempt? Let's see. I, if I could sing, I would have loved to have been like a country music singer um, or some sort of a a singer. I think that that would be so much fun, but I can't. Also, I would really like, and I probably wouldn't do it under the political climate today, but I have always been really interested in politics. And I think it would be so much fun to be like the first female president of the United States. Mm. That would be so cool. But my only thing is I don't want 50% of the population or 50% of the United you. States to not like me. And so yeah. <laughs> um, there's that. And so, so I probably will not go into that <laughs> field, but I actually had a job a couple years ago. Um, I was a volunteer recruitment director for a campaign for us Senate. So that was really cool. So I kind of, I worked wow. within the, within a, I had a little political job and um, it was actually before I was even old enough to vote <laughs> when I first got the job. And then I turned 18 during the job and got to vote for the first time for the guy I worked for, <laughs> Oh wow. which is really cool. <laughs> there do seem to be more and more pageant um, competitors who are interested in pursuing a career in politics. And obviously, yeah. not all of them are American and in other countries they have different political systems. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it's a good thing because, you know, if we ignore I, I used to be not interested in politics at all, but then I think we saw what happened. If we don't take an interest in it, then uh, we don't basically, I think we have a duty to yeah. to use our voice. Let's put it that way. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a pageant girl at some point become a, I'm sure it's probably happened already. I don't know, become a prime minister or president of a country yeah. somewhere. That'll, that'll be a day. Um, well, that's a job you'd like to attempt. Question nine, what job would you definitely not like to attempt? I don't think I could ever be a firefighter <laughs> because, and I have so much respect for firefighters because I could not do it. I mean, to run into like a burning building, oh my gosh, fire is like one of my biggest fears. And so, um, yeah, I have a big fear of fire. Like I'm okay with like, can't. well, actually candles. I don't, I'm a little bit scared wow. of candles now that I think about it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I do not like fire. And so I could never be a firefighter ever. <laughs> enough final question and this would be an interesting one to hear your response if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates oh well you know there's always that um that saying of like 
that he says like I think like well done or something like mm. that um I think honestly he doesn't have to say a single word just <laughs> just seeing just seeing his face and just being in his presence would be more than <laughs> more yeah. than amazing so um yeah I think I think just I mean any word that that God could possibly say to me is going to be with love and with mm. you know more love than the world even has in the the entire universe and so yeah <laughs> whatever word he wants to say <laughs> but um but yeah job well done um i'm proud of you i love you those would definitely be things that would mean so so much to me and and the amazing thing is kind of like god says this to us every single day so yeah. i don't even have to get to heaven to hear him say that but yeah that would be that would be amazing um they say that when you get to heaven that you see people that you knew from from your life and so yeah. my mom always says that assuming she passes away before me but she she always says that um she wants to be the uh the head of the welcoming committee <laughs> <laughs> we're thinking ahead here yeah and so that's that's what she wants to do that's she's gonna apply for the job i guess i don't know <laughs> but she definitely says that she wants to be the first person there when um when i get to the get to the gates of heaven so she'll be right. <laughs> head of the welcoming committee <laughs> we're really really thinking ahead it's like what job would you yeah. like after you die i'd like to be head of the welcoming committee in heaven that's <laughs> that's really forward thinking that's goal yeah. setting yeah. uh 201 <laughs> yeah. if we can put it that way um well bailey it's been a genuine pleasure having you on thank you so much for making the time thank you so much for having me it has been so much fun and all the topics we've covered this is just this has been I love this you know sometimes I always get nervous before these interviews but this is really what I love to do I love just being able to talk to people and meet new people and um we really covered all my favorite topics God pageants goal setting <laughs> so, we, we um, certainly covered a fair few <laughs> yeah so thank you so much for having me and uh, and thank you to all the listeners for listening as well because I know we just talked for an hour and 20 minutes so thank you for <laughs> for still being on <laughs> I did say it depends on how much you have to say. And it seems like, yeah. well, together we had a lot to say. So yeah. <laughs> um, I will keep you on the line for just a second whilst I hang up with the audience. But thanks to everyone for watching, whether it's live or on the replay. And we'll speak to you next time. Bye for now. Hey, thanks so much for watching. Sorority Access is now open. So if you'd like to join an amazing group of women and learn how to be the most powerful, confident and impactful queen possible, head to thepageantsorority.com. I'll see you there and see you in the next video.